quickly in the front court. Gary Neal stops and pops an angle right three. Neal nails it. The Horn. It's amazing. ESPN Austin. Sean Adams. Aaron Hogan. This is The Big Show. Tuesdays on The Big Show, 6 to 7. It's our NFL pro football focus. Our friends from Rosterwatch, rosterwatch.com in here with us. Byron and Alex hanging out. And very special guest hanging out on the Bob Steak and Chop House hotline. All right, all right. <laughs> it's our favorite time of the year. It's the highlight of our whole, whole year. We got the, we have the great, we have the guru, Mel Kuyper Jr. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm good, guys. How you been? Awesome, Mel. How are you doing, man? We're busy, but yeah, everything's a good time of the year. To obviously, obviously think draft all, you know, first uh, time we're really talking about it before the combine. Probably the last time we'll discuss some of these kids before we get the numbers on them because you kind of speculate up until this point about the underclassmen, what they'll run, how big are they, how they'll test out, and then finally uh, this weekend you get answers. So I think that's what we're really looking for is these underclassmen to see exactly what type of speed, overall athleticism they're going to bring to the table. Well, well, Mel. Go ahead. We we you know we absolutely appreciate you coming on here, and uh, your word is still is still the gospel to us. So we wanted to just dive right in, and uh, we wanted to get your opinion. We wanted to share, have you share with everybody here in Central Texas. Uh, you know, maybe a couple of the players that you're most fascinated with right now as we head into the combine, into the draft. Well, I think uh, Ezekiel Ansa, Ziggy Ansa at BYU, to have the limited football background that he did, uh, the fact that you know he came into this year as a backup, uh, he was off the radar entirely at BYU, uh, didn't even start until the fourth game, ends up having a strong mid-season, late-season finish, uh, good senior bowl game after having some struggles during the week because technically he's still raw. So uh, he had a little bit of an issue during the week, but a great game when he turned it up a notch. So uh, an Ezekiel Ansa with the ability to be a down defensive end or play on his feet as a 3-4 outside linebacker with enormous upside potential. Certainly he's a guy to keep an eye on through the draft process. And, and I think when you look at, at other players that are intriguing, I think it's obviously going to be uh, something that you keep an eye on is some of the players that either have an injury concern or an off-the-field concern. And now Alec Ogletree, the inside linebacker from Georgia, had an issue off the field, uh, had another issue at Georgia as well uh, when he was there. So all of a sudden now, Manti Teo, Alec Ogletree, battling for that top inside linebacker spot. And obviously, uh, you know, Jarvis Jones. I think we want to see how the medical goes with him. He had that next situation at USC. I've had him number one on the board all year. Uh, can he maintain that position, or will uh, the medical lead to him dropping down a bit? I keep hearing good things that the medical is going to be fine. Uh, but until you get that final exclamation point on that, uh, you're a little cautious. Mel Kuyper, I just want to ask you this one, talking about the Ezekiel Anza piece. Is the NFL more open now to basketball players uh, because of the success of the Jimmy Grahams and Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez? Uh, even if they're a little raw, do they just sign on for the overall athleticism and size? I think you're going to see it here because he can rush the passer. And I think any time you can either catch touchdown passes or rush the passer, uh, you're impacting the game dramatically, at least the way the game is played these days. Uh, and certainly as Ziggy Ansah with his versatility, his attitude, his approach, he's incredibly tough, great desire, willingness to learn. He's going to have to obviously get better because technically uh, he needs to, to do some things and, and improve on some aspects of his play. But I think when you look at the, the upside and the talent that he has and the raw talent that's there uh, and the fact that mid 
season, late season, he was dominating. Uh, and at the senior bowl, he was unblockable at times. So I think when you look at that, that's why, you know, you put it all together, you combine it all. Uh, I think he's going to go very high in the draft. And I say very high for a kid that wasn't even on the radar and people might have an undrafted free agent grade on when the season began. Uh, all of a sudden, now you're talking about a potential mid-first round draft choice. Uh, I have him right now going 17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is an amazing meteoric rise up the draft board for a kid, as I said, wasn't even a starter until game four. Mel Kuyper with us from ESPN here on the Horn. Mel, can you put the, this draft 2013 in perspective? I mean, 2011 was, I mean, the top 10 is, it still amazes me with Cam Newton and you know, Von Miller, A.J. Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, J.J. Watt. I mean, these are all great players. And then we know last year's draft with all the quarterbacks uh, having an immediate impact. Put this draft in perspective with those previous two that were so top-heavy. Oh, unbelievable. And last year, 26 of the 32 players drafted had immediate impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw what Andrew Luck and RG3 did. How about Matt Khalil? Uh, you know, did a great job. How about Luke Keekley was a tackling machine. And how about an undrafted free agent by the name of Vontaze Burfick, who I had a first-round grade on up until November, ends up having a great rookie year as an undrafted free agent out of Arizona State to the Cincinnati Bengals. So we had tons of running backs. You had you know, Alfred Morris going in the sixth round. Had a great year uh, for the Washington Redskins. So uh, a, a tremendous Tremendous amount of productivity via the 2012 draft. 2013 is different. There's not that consensus at the top. There's not that the top, say, one to five that you can lock in and say, these are the five best players in this draft. You could go down to 15 to 20, move them up to one to five, and nobody could argue. I mean, DJ Fluker from Alabama is an enormously gifted right tackle. He's right now figuring to go in that 20 to 25 range. Uh, he may end up being one of the best offensive linemen out of this draft class. Uh, Sharif Floyd from Florida. I kept saying all year, where, why aren't people talking about this guy? Now they finally are. All he did was have a great year on the field with the pads on. A defensive tackle has got great ability. Uh, and he's down the line just a bit. Now he's kind of moving up. Uh, and I think you look at a couple other kids. Matt Elam, a safety out of Florida. I really like his production, the way he plays the game. He's in the late first, early second round. A uh, great slot receiver like Tavon Austin out of West Virginia. I had the pleasure of watching him play high school football here at Dunbar in Maryland. Uh, he went on to West Virginia and did some amazing things. So uh, there's a the kind of kid you might get in the early second round. So uh, this is a draft that's it's going to be strong mid-first, one down the line. The top five, top ten is very fluid. And I think guys that go, say, 15 to 30 may end up being better than the guys that go one to five. Mel Kuyper with us here on the big show. Uh, the Texas kids, you know, the, the folks here in Austin, when you look at Marquise Goodwin, uh, when you look at Alex Okafor and certainly Kenny Vaccaro, who's probably going to be the highest-rated Longhorn coming into the draft, Mel, uh, how do you look at those three players uh, and, and as you start making your evaluations even before the combine? Well, I think you look certainly at Kenny Vaccaro, and, and, and got, you have to put a very high grade on him. When you can cover and you can hit, uh, you're a striker, and you can, you can match up in coverage in this game the way it's played now. That's tremendously valuable uh, to a defensive coordinator. So I have him at 17 right now on the big board. Uh, tomorrow when I do my update, I got him at 13, in that 13-14 range. So he's a, uh, a lock uh, first-rounder. Uh, you know, I have him in the mid-first. I think Alex Okafor is kind of borderline. I think he's that strong side defensive end. Remember, he played defensive tackle a second year there, played out of position, but still played it. I mean, this kid can you know, transition from power and quickness back and forth that way, which is what you want coming off that defensive line. And I think when you look at him, I'd say late first right now for Okafor. And then certainly uh, you think about a guy with the speed of Marquise Goodwin, a guy that can fly, gives you that vertical stretch ability. Sure, you drop a pass every now and then. All these receivers do. But the bottom line is when you're arguably the most explosive, fastest wide receiver in this draft, I'll tell you, I can't see him getting past 
past the third round. So there's going to be some Longhorns being represented, uh, you know, early in this draft with Vaccaro and, uh, and certainly not shortly thereafter with Okafor and then Goodwin. Well, Mel, speaking of Goodwin being so explosive, a, a lot of people expect him to be one of the stars at the Combine this week, and I think it's always fun to kind of predict uh, – you know who 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 the breakout kids are going to be? Who are going to be the workout warriors? Who do you have at the top of your list that we should be watching for as we uh, as as Alex and I fly up there on Thursday for live coverage? Yeah, the speed guys to watch. I think uh, you know Denard Robinson, the quarterback at Michigan, who was no longer going to be a quarterback. He's either going to be a running back, a slot receiver, a cornerback on defense, and hopefully help out in the return game. His speed should be in the four threes. Andre Ellington, a running back at Clemson, uh, Kenyon Barner, running back at Oregon, all should flash big time speed. And I really want to see from a strength standpoint. I think the record at the combine guys was fifty one reps uh, last year. Dontari Poe did forty four. Jesse Williams from Alabama. Uh, bench pressed 600 pounds in, in August. I mean, this kid you know, has a chance to do some amazing things. Marcus Hunt, kid out of SMU, you know all about his background, and still raw, but a kid who's got enormous ability potentially at the pro level once he's coached up. And and uh, and certainly you want to see three receivers who I'm going to be keep an eye on in terms of what they run because they had very good weeks at the Senior Bowl practices in Mobile. Quentin Patton from Louisiana Tech, Aaron Dobson from Marshall, and Marcus Wheaton from Oregon State all had very good weeks in Mobile, and they hope to build on that uh, at the Combine and run good 40s. Yeah, and, and Wheaton's a guy that we love. We, we see him a lot like a Mike Wallace, the way he tracks the ball and can kind of get over the top. Mel, can I ask you, what is it about DeMontre Moore? It seems like the draft community as a whole came in really high on this guy, and it seems like you talked about Sharif Floyd. It seems like he's been really shooting up draft boards where we've been seeing you know, our guy DeMontre Moore from down the road here kind of taking a little bit of a fall. Is that, how do you see that situation playing out? Well, when you're as good as DeMontre was early in the year and you're putting up those numbers and you kind of tail off a little late, uh, people go back to that Louisiana Tech game and see a guy like Jordan Mills handle him and, and neutralize him for the most part in that 59-57 Texas A&M victory. Uh, you know, that's what happens. I mean, it's, it's always that same thing with Geno Smith, the quarterback at West Virginia. Had that great first half tailed off the second half. So when your numbers are down a little bit, Corey Lemonier, defensive end at Auburn, great start to the season, tailed off late. So uh, I think that's where the numbers are skewed a little bit by that second half, but at the end of the day, Demontre Moore played on his feet two years ago as an outside linebacker, did a heck of a job. He's only 20 years of age. Uh, he's got pass rush ability, like we proved this year with his hand on the ground. I still think he's a top five pick. Uh, if he gets past there, he's a bargain. But everybody's going to have, like I said, that first five, that first ten is going to be very fluid because everybody's got a different opinion on these guys. The one guy, and we all agree, Luke Jokel, the left tackle of Texas A&M, nobody can find fault with. I mean, everybody likes Luke Jokel. I, that's why I put Luke Jokel to Kansas City long, long before anybody else because I figured, okay, he's the guy that's the most solid. He's a left tackle. Kansas City's going to bring in a new quarterback. you got to have that. Le- Granted, you have Brandon Albert. You can move him to right tackle or guard. He played guard at Virginia. So uh, that's why I had Luke Jokel number one, and I kind of had uh, you know, two through seven very fluid. So Mo- Demontre Moore's in that very fluid category where some may give him a high grade and some may give him a mid-first-round grade. Mel Kuyper with us uh, from ESPN. Uh, draft is in April. Of course, the Combine this week in Indianapolis. Mel, you mentioned Jokel. You have on number one on the big board. How good is he when you compare him to the other franchise left tackles that have been drafted over the last decade or so? How good is Luke Jokel, the junior out of A&M? 
keep in mind, he's coming out as a junior. So another year, some of these, these kids stayed through the four or five years in college, some of these bookend tackles. He did, and he's coming out. Jake Matthews will move to left tackle next year uh, and have a chance to be a very high first-round pick himself. But for Luke, I mean, you look at his feet, his balance and pass protection. He can handle the quick guys and the power guys. Uh, you know, I think certainly uh, you know, right now, uh, he, if he doesn't go one, he won't go past four to Philadelphia. And I can't see him getting past two or three. Somebody even may move up. And you're going to have trades in the top half of the first round. We had them last year. You're going to have them more now because the, the, what you're, the type of contract you're giving out to these kids, the money you're giving out, isn't what it once was. You're not going to get that Sam Bradford, Matthew Stafford deal any longer. You know, Andrew Luck didn't. So at the end of the day, I could see some significant trades being made with Jokel being a guy that people target. And maybe Kansas City. I know Kansas City would probably like to deal out a number one. So if you want Jokel and you're picking down there a little bit and you want a great left tackle for 10 or 12 years, that's a guy you can go up to get. So I expect a lot of trades in the early part of the first round, fortunately now, uh, that we were able to have those. We want a period of time where nobody wanted to deal a top 10 pick. Nobody wants, could get out. Nobody wanted to get in because you paid too much and you had to give up too much. Now the contract uh, situation is different. Last year we had a ton of activity early in the first round. I'll expect that again this year. All right, Mel Kuyper, real quick, can you uh, have a look thumbnail this far out of the Texans and Cowboys for the, the local you know, Lone Star teams? What do, you, what do you see draft needs? Do you see good fits for the Cowboys in the first round, the Texans? Well, I think the Cowboys, the offensive line, if you can get an offensive guard like Chance Warmack or a guy like Jonathan Cooper, one of those two guards could drop down to 18. I think that'd be nice fits in Dallas. And for Houston, a wide receiver is a desperate need area. Uh, Keenan Allen from Cal, if he's there, I don't think he will be. I have him going to St. Louis at 22. And I have the Houston Texans taking Quentin Patton, a wide receiver from Louisiana Tech. Aggie fans know him well. He had 21 catches against Texas A&M. So uh, Quentin Patton's the kind of kid, if he runs a, a good enough 40 at the Combine uh, and during his pro day, then I think he he could be in the mix to be a late first round pick. Well, Mel, you know, part of the allure of the of the draft process is the actual draft season and it's it's an interesting time because it's the time of year where college football fans are united with pro football fans, the media is all over it. We've got the front offices involved. It finally brings the scouts into the picture. Uh everybody really gets together and just uh, just have uh, their fill of football this time of year and you know, we think this is where a lot of seasons are are won and lost. So Obviously, you you are you know our favorite uh, draft analyst, and we follow you very closely on Twitter. And we saw you tweeting some interesting things out today about a uh, initiative, a game that you've undertaken to engage the fans in the draft process with Play the Draft uh, here these next few months. And just uh, wanted to hear a little bit more about that. That's been uh, something that has been exciting for us uh, you know, and be part of because every year, you know, when you do radio, you go on TV with ESPN, on Twitter, wherever it is, on our chats that I do on ESPN.com. Uh, yeah, everybody feels like, oh, you know, Kuiper, how do you have him so high? How do you have him so low? Why don't you have this guy in there? This allows you to be the general manager. It allows you to be the number one expert in the nation. Uh, you know, you go to uh, and sign up at playthedraft.com. It's very simple. Playthedraft.com. Free charge. Doesn't charge any things it's for free play the draft.com and you can sign up for the mel kuyper jr challenge and and prove that you're the number one draft expert in the country uh, you prove that you know as much as the gms do in the national football league and uh, have fun with like the stock market players stock goes up it goes down through this process if you're on top of it you have foresight and you sign up for play at play the draft.com then you can uh, be one of those guys that can basically say at the end of the day i know more than everybody and you know, fans always say that and they want to have that opportunity they want to have that forum to be able to do it not just talk 
talk about it, but actually do it and prove it that they can match up and get the job done. And for all our great college football fans and NFL fans, you said it. They all come together on draft day. And I would say for everybody out there listening, go to playthedraft.com and sign up and, and be part of this exciting uh, game and, uh, and see it by draft day. You can come out on top. Well, Mel, Alex and I can definitely give a personal endorsement. We both, you know, play the, play the game and follow it very closely. It was a lot of fun last year, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to, to get hopping right back in here this year as we head to the Combine. And uh, so we're going to be heading to break here, and I was hoping, Mel, could we, could we keep you on the phone for a second sure. as we head to break? No problem. All right. All right, we get a quick break. Come back. Mel Kuyper talking draft. If you have questions, we'll take him at 337-ESPN. On the text line, hit him with those. We'll uh, hit him to Mel Kuyper from ESPN and playthedraft.com. You heard it right there. It's the big show. The Game with Chad Hastings, J.D. Lewis, and Bo Ed. 